Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Heavy metal. The way it was meant to be. Classic 80s Underground. Live on blogtalkradio.com, the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. With your host, Mike the Big Cheese. Thank you. 
All right, welcome back to Heavy Metal Mayhem, and we started things off today with Cities and Not Alone in the Dark, and that comes off the band's EP, which came out about a year before the full-length record. It had almost all the same songs on there. I think Cruel Scene, maybe one other one was missing, but it was a much heavier album uh, than the actual Annihilation Absolute album that came out afterwards. They kind of softened up the sound of the band for that record. I guess trying to get into the hair metal careers, but City were a tremendous New York band, and you know Sal Main, who's really Sal Italiano, is not a bass player for Anvil, so it's good to see a hometown boy make it with a good band. Right now, you know, without Amos, there'd be no Andy. What's up, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> What's doing going on there, fine there, brother. <laughs> well, we got Kingfish in the chat room. We'll be calling in about forty-five minutes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's going on there? I nothing much. How you been, man? I'm good. I'm good. I missed you last week for the second half of the show. I was by my lonesome, but at least the Rangers won, right? At least, yeah. So something good came out of that. Yep, yep. All right, what can you do? All right, well, we got a great show here today. Chris Bennett from the band Widow, Killer North Carolina band. They've been around for quite some time now. He's going to be calling in at 6.30. And, you know, we've interviewed like 250 guests on the show. And uh, after Chris, Bruce Moore, an author who wrote a heavy metal cookbook, is going to call. He'll be our first guest. It's not like in a band. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. branching out into the literary world here. But Bruce has also got some other stuff cooking. Uh, no pun intended there. It just kind of came out like that, you know? Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. He's got other stuff going on. He's also uh, a writer for PureGrain.com, and uh, he's got other stuff happening. So we'll talk to Bruce about 7:30 over there. So let me see what we have here tonight. I got some new music tonight from Steel Assassin and Overkill. And uh, as you know, tomorrow it'll be 30 years ago that Randy Rowe died wow. in uh, that plane crash. Hard to believe. I think it was uh, 50. He would have been 55. I was saying. Yeah, he would be 55. I think. Wow. I mean, not much older than us. You know, I mean, <laughs> only oh, a few. Wow. Only a few years over there, but just think yeah. of all the great music we lost and missed out on over the last 30 years. And they're putting out a book. Oh, yeah? Supposedly there's a uh, Quiet Riot Years book uh, coming out and a biography coming out in spring. Oh, that's that should be pretty good. I I, separate books or, or it's the same book? I don't know. I, I don't know. That. That'll be interesting to hear that. You know, well, What do you want to do? You want to do some new music or do you want to maybe... Uh, do a little Randy Roach tribute. Get on some Ozzy with him and some uh, Quiet Right. All right, yeah, let's knock that out of the park first, and then uh, we'll, st- we'll set it up for some new stuff. That sounds good to me. How about we do this? is Quiet Right. This is a song that was recorded on the first demo, I think, in 1975 or 76. Uh, it never came out on the first two records that Randy was on. And I think a couple of years back, uh, it has to be more than that because Kevin DeBro is gone a few years already. But uh, he put out an album with all the songs that uh, him and Randy had worked on early on, A Quiet Ride, and stuff off the first record and the second record. And uh, he re-recorded a lot, most of it. Like, the, the new musicians brought him to play over some of the old tracks and... Uh, and he re- redid the vocals and re-sang everything. But uh, they didn't touch this one song, which never showed up in any of their records. Uh, it's a song called Force of Habit. So we'll get that on, and we'll head into some Ozzy with Randy right afterwards. So uh, sit back and relax.
All right, there's our little mini tribute to the 30-year anniversary of Randy Rhodes' death. That was Ozzy, but you said it all. That's like one of my favorite Ozzy songs, too, you know? Yeah, me too. I'm so oh, glad man. you played that, man. Yeah, it was, on, it was the B-side for the Mr. Crowley uh, uh, 45, a single back in the in the day. And I still have the 12-inch p- picture disc of that. Yep. yep. That was good now, stuff. That was they never, live, right? Did they what ever, happened? That was a live version. Yeah. Did they ever record a, a studio version? No, there was never a studio version of that song. They just they must have something they were working on and uh, yeah. never got on record. You know, I wish they would have because – but you know what? That live version is great anyway. You know, a lot oh, of, of live songs don't That's sound good, but that that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, recently, Ozzy's uh, been on uh, – well, they have like, clips of Ozzy talking on um, – Serious radio that he took over the Boneyard and called yeah. Ozzy's Boneyard, which is the hard rock heavy metal uh, station, and uh, they play a lot of interesting stuff and they play some stuff that uh, I, I you know I don't have everything you know, but um, there's a um, a solo uh, a version of just Randy playing guitar and uh, Ozzy singing of um, uh, Goodbye to Romance. It is ah. just amazing. There's no keyboards. Yeah. There's no strings, nothing like that. It's freaking ridiculous. It's it's so good. And I gotta uh, look for that. He actually talks a lot about um, you know, the actual first solo record, and uh, he talks and he actually gives props to Bob Daisley, and um, and Lee Kerslick. You know, he he mentions them in in the. I mean, he he talks like you know how he talks, you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> like I'm talking right now, all over. Yeah. Myself. But I, I caught it a few times because he played that a few times, and he was just like uh, Bob Daisley had some great melodies and some great lyrics. And uh, without without Bob and Lee, I, I don't know what we what we would have done. And then all of it, you know, and I'm saying to myself, Wow, I'm surprised Sharon let him say that. Yeah, it must have slipped up. She might not have been standing over her shoulder. See, the, tell you the, <laughs> truth, the first time I heard it, I says, they'll never play that clip again. No, but actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually did hear it a second time. <laughs> I know. That was, was amazing. It's true. I mean, you know, Randy, as great as he was, that album was basically engineered, I mean, put together by Bob Daisley. He was the main yeah. songwriter on the record, lyrics and music. I mean, working with Randy. You know, it was just some great stuff. And, you know, I interviewed Bob like three years ago, and I never hit the record button on the freaking Block Talk Radio thing because I didn't know how to right, use it. Back I then. remember that, right? Yeah, and we spoke for over an hour and a half. It was a long interview, and he you really. Know, I bet you if you try getting him back, he probably wouldn't even remember, and you could probably get all that stuff out of him again. <laughs> oh, definitely. Especially now because he still hasn't gotten any money off of those well, records. He probably so. hasn't got. He probably has heard something because they did re release uh, a whole bunch of new stuff. Yeah, you know, with the original, obviously the original recordings, you know. Yeah, I should maybe, there, maybe there's something in the books that are coming out. Like that first, I was telling you about those books. They're both. It's funny. They're both available on Guitar World, but they're both sold out right right now. I just went to the site, and um, they were like pre-orders. They're both okay. going to be released on the first. One is um, by a guy named Ron Sobel, who was the uh, their photographer and lighting director during the Quiet Riot years. Oh. And the other one's by two guys, I don't know, Rosen and Klein, and that's going to cover everything, you know? Well, those are those two Italian guys from Brooklyn, isn't it? Yeah, Rosen and Klein. Rosen and Klein? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm talking about that. fish and your, uh, and your wedding dress in the same spot. Yeah, there's a, there's a website, I can't remember the name of it, they have like all funny videos of it, I think Will Farrell has something to do with it. Um, uh-huh. 
Okay, they have this thing, the the Bensonhurst Spelling Bee. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, no, I never heard of that. I, I posted it on my Facebook. I'll, I'll oh, send it to you yeah. later. It's with uh, Tony Sirico from The Sopranos and, um, oh, my God, just, I just can't remember. The one that plays the psychiatrist, Lorraine Rocco. Oh, okay. They do the Spelling Bee, and there's four kids, and they have Kelly Ripper, her husband, in the artist, whose son's supposed to be in the Spelling Bee. Yeah. And it's dressed like a typical Guido from Brooklyn, like, you know, junior high school. Right. And it's, it's on how do you spell, like, how do you spell mozzarella? And, like, you know, they're spelling it the wrong way, like, the way we pronounce it as a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when it's spelled the right way, they're, they're wrong. And if it's spelled the Italian way, they put the subtitles on the bottom. And it's the funniest thing ever, I'm telling you. I'm going to send you I just can't remember the name. Uh, Wolf, I think it's Will Farrell where they make up these uh, little comedy bits. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's got that comedy website. I just can't think of the name of the site right now, but I'll, I'll, I'll look it up when we play the next song, and, I, and I'll... Okay, and cool. I'll it, but it's real funny stuff, I'm telling you, so I was going to kick out of it, even though Benson Hurst really doesn't have that many times left in it. <laughs> well, it's no, so funny. It's mostly, it's mostly Chinese now. Yeah. What are you going to do? That's the way life goes. <laughs> all right. Let me see. Uh, you want to hear some new music? Of course. What do you want to hear? I got Overkill and I got Steel Assassin. We'll do both of them, but what do you want to hear first? Let's go with the overkill. I'm really dying. I've heard only two tracks so far, so. All right, so we'll get the overkill on. You know what? After the overkill, I'm going to go right into a song by Widow because uh, Chris should be calling in like right All after right, that. Cool. Elijah's cool. 20 yeah. after. Yeah. So we'll do both of them because the overkill ones are kind of long. Uh, so. I like that Widow stuff. Cool. Yeah, we'll get that on. So off the brand new overkill, this is Electric Rattlesnake.
All right, there's a song by our next guest, Chris Bennett of Widow. That comes off the band's first record, No Stone Unturned. Right now, I got Chris on the line. Chris, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. It's a pleasure to have you on today. All right, thank you, man. The pleasure's all mine, man. All right, thank you. I'm going to make this quick for you. You can tell me how the band got started, who your influences are, and about the new record. They'll send you on your way. You won't have to keep this thing going for too long. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Whew, our influences, that might take your whole show to do that. <laughs> That's okay. We'll try to keep this fun for you so we don't keep repeating the same stuff you ask over and over again. Oh, definitely, man, definitely. No, I, man, influences, I mean, all time, you know, we're talking, you know, old Metallica, Maiden, Priest, uh, King Diamond, and, uh, you know, uh, a lot of other bands like Crimson Glory and Leather Wolf, you know, I love, uh, Merciful Fate. Uh, Venom, and plus, you know, Sam Lizzie, UFO, uh, Rainbow, uh, Dio, Ozzy, and, you know, and we actually get influences by stuff that we don't necessarily sound like, uh, like uh, Slayer, and uh, and then I like a lot of punk stuff, too, like the Ramones and Misfits yeah. and Black Flag, and, you know, man, I, I feel like if you've got a wide range of influences, you know, when you mix different stuff together, that's what gives you a sound, you know? Exactly. You couldn't have said it any better. And it's funny because you actually started out in a death metal band, which is so far gone from, from Widow. Well, you know, man, I mean, I guess growing up as a kid, man, you know, my older sister got me into metal when I was very young, kind of by accident. You know? But, I mean, she was just sort of like, you know, introduced me to like Quiet Riot and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I kind of went through it and progressed with it in terms of like traditional metal and thrash and death metal and, you know, and so on like that. And, uh, with widow, the thing is, man, it's like, you know, we were just like, man, we love what got us into metal in the first place. And that's kind of, man, we really formed widow just as sort of like a fun band, you know, just to mess around with locally and, you know, to be talking to you right now and four albums into our career is pretty amazing to me, you know, and I'm I'm very grateful for it. You can believe that because I that was not the plan, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can I can imagine. Well you like everybody should start out just because you love the music, you wanna have fun and then it starts to escalate into bigger and better things and fortunately yeah, for you guys. Man, has. Absolutely. The funny thing is, you know, you hear these people in bands go, Man, you know, we're gonna do this and we're gonna go on tour and do this and that and Usually, I think if you plan it, that's when it, like, doesn't happen, you know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You're right, yeah. <laughs> that's so true. I, I you mean, know, you know, because in our earlier bands, we were just so sure that, you know, we were going to, you know, I don't know, be uh, the next uh, Rolling Stones or something, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, with, you know, with Widow, it was uh, it was just more or less weird. I mean, listen, man, you know, we love metal, and... We do it for no other reason than that, man. I mean, just for fun, you know. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, and I guess us being a band for as long as we have, it seems like in the last couple of years, really, people have started catching on to what we're doing and, and, and getting into it. And so, you know, we're grateful, man. I mean, it's not like we were a band who overnight was, you know, able to do anything, you know. So true, true. There are other more overnight successes, you know, today, especially in this business. It's a rough business, so you really it have is, to man. be in it because you love what you're doing and just to have absolutely a good time. It's not a, it's not a, a. I don't think any financial advisors would t 
tell people to start a, a metal <laughs> band or anything. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> That's so true, man. But you guys are doing it, and you're doing a great job at it. I came into you guys you. with the On Fire record uh, a couple of years back. It was like 2004, oh, cool. 2005. And I remember somebody saying, you got to check these guys out. they got that great classic sound because, you know, that that kind of classic 80s rock and metal sound was missing for a long time. You know, like everything Definitely, else. Man. New music came along, and the 90s were a different time. You know, people like to think metal died in the 90s. The classic stuff died in the 90s, but there was a whole other generation of metal out there playing, you know, that was still just as big, but just maybe not for, you know, people like myself. And then you guys come along, and you bring oh, that absolutely. sound back with a modern edge to it, but Well, well, thank you, man. Thank you so much. And, you know, that was kind of the thing, and I agree with you. I think I, I liked a lot of bands in the 90s that were metal. And, you know, man, I, I, I look at it like this. If I love metal, uh, you know, then it's alive, man, no matter what anybody says, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we definitely don't take part in any trend or whatever. I mean, you know, when we started Widow, I mean, power metal was really getting big in the States. So it was like people would say, oh, they're a power metal band or, you know, and now I guess in the last couple of years, the traditional metal thing has had sort of a revival or whatever. And, you know, so now people are calling us that. And, you know, to us, man, we're just, we're a metal band. We try to write good songs and just have fun. And, uh, you know, we're not trying to be any trend or anything like that. It's just, we just love metal and this is what we do. You know, it's, it's really that simple. And, you know, I don't know. I, I don't, the thing is with the trend thing, I'm not trying to down talk the fact that a lot of people are getting into traditional metal. I'm happy about it because I look at it like this. Kids today getting into this, this music breeds lifelong fans, you know, and yeah. kids getting into it are going to do the same thing I did, you know, in the in the 80s, in the late 80s, you know, uh, and, and, and that's just sort of, you know, become a lifelong fan, you know, and stick with it. That's what I hope anyways, you know. So. That, that's that's what we all hope for. And, and one thing I have to say about your band, Chris, is that, you know, each record comes out, it's Widow, you know it's Widow if you're a fan, yet each record holds its own and has its own kind of vibe going for it. And like I said, I came into it on fire, so, you know, I always thought Lily was a part of the band, you know, full-time from the beginning. Then I went oh, back yeah. to Midnight Strikes, and I realized, yep. you know, she was, you know, it was her first record with you guys, and then Nightlife, now Life's Blood. You just keep, like, it seems like you guys just do what you want to do because it's what you want to do musically. You don't really care about what anybody else thinks or says and it's no man and that's that's i guess you know by some people's account that's hurt us maybe so long but to me i think it's been a good thing and you know like we always just sort of played exactly where our hearts and heads were at at that time because man people can spot honesty man i listen to certain albums and it's like you hear that honesty in it and to me those are the ones that that stick with you you know for life like, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, this is Eddie Van Halen said this years ago, they did the first Van Halen record, and then, you know, they did the second one, which was different. And they asked Eddie, you know, what what have you done, you know, with Van Halen 2? Why does it not sound like the first one? And he goes, it's a different record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, like, that's, that's kind of how we feel, you know. I mean, we just kind of just, man, you know, do what is natural for us to do. So, and, you know, and... and Sometimes that's kind of nerve-wracking. I mean, with Life's Blood, we did some things different. The lyrics are different. You know, the music's a little different. And, you know, I, like you said, I still feel that it's Widow. But, you know, 
I mean, it's you, you kind of almost feel a little nervous, and then I'll start second-guessing myself. And But, you know, at the end of the day, I just go, you know what, this is where I'm going, so I'm just going to go with it and not think about it too much. And, uh, you know, so far, Lifeblood's really been our best-received record that we've had. So that makes me very, very happy and proud, you know. So. Yeah, and that's a good thing too. And like you know, you you got some of the past sounds. Yeah, you, know, you got the sex, drugs, rock and roll thing going on. A lot of the horror things, which I love. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then in, in this album, you know, this is like a lot of songs might have some like personal meaning to you, you know, or somebody else in the band. Or there's a lot more involved in the writing on the sound. It's really matured a lot since the Thank last you. one. Thank you, man. That, and man, that is so great to hear you say that because that's kind of what we tried to do. I mean, you know. With our first couple albums, I mean, we did, we kind of made, like, horror stories, and then we, we sort of changed, you know, like you said, from album to album. But with this new one, I just had a lot of personal thoughts and feelings just within myself that I've always wanted to express. But, you know, maybe I felt like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if this is Widow or, or whatever. And then I thought, you know, who cares? I'm just going to go with it. And you know, and then we did that, and and like I said, I mean, I was kind of nervous about it, you know, because it's like you're exposing something that maybe you know you just I didn't know how people would take it, and and to hear everybody sort of say, oh man, you know, this is the best thing you've done, and all that. I mean, it's it really that feels good, you know, because those were things that I've wanted to say, and it's nice to hear people be able to relate to it, you know. Oh, definitely, man. And what I love about the new record is, you know, I get all these albums for free because of the radio show. I get the digital downloads. But I went, because you're on Pure Steel now, I went and I ordered the vinyl. And, man, when oh, I put man, that vinyl you. on, I'm, you know, I go back, you know, to the 70s with my record. So, to me, nothing sounds better to vinyl. It's my personal opinion. Dude, totally agree. Oh, man. And when I put the vinyl on, I was like, this doesn't even sound like the MP3s I'm listening to because it just has <laughs> such a deeper, you know, richer sound. That's just vinyl. You know, you can't help it. Man, it is. And I'm a vinyl geek, man. I'm a collector. Like, I love it. I mean, you know, and it's just, to me, man, I totally agree with you. It's, it's the best sound. It's It's got a warmth. It's like you feel like you're really part of the album just by listening to it, you know? Oh, man, and, definitely. Uh, I love that. I love that. And to me, nothing since vinyl has, has captured that same feeling. And, you know, the funny thing is, man, you talk about a resurgence, like, it's cool to see that resurgence even with some of the younger kids, you know, where they might download an album, but then they buy a record to go with it. And I think even through all the downloading, I mean, you always hear people going, oh, music is, they're killing music and, you know, this and that. I, seems to me there's more interest in music than ever. And, you know, metal fans, the good thing is, generally speaking, they are people who live it like me and you do as a lifestyle and, they're going to buy this stuff, and they want to have it, and that's that's really cool because a lot of other type of music doesn't have that. It's just everything today is so disposable, you know. And uh, but with metal, man, it's T-shirts and records and everything. And I'm glad, really glad, to see kids today embracing that. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, they got into a bit habit with the downloading, like you know we were talking about a little while ago. Because like when we were kids, you know, I, you would save up your five or six dollars, seven dollars to get that album, and you wouldn't buy yep. one every day or every week. You know, it's when no. you had the money. And today they just feel like they go on the internet and download everything, but they miss the whole experience of having. Yeah, it, a it is, man. I, well, I've made a lot of friends just hanging out at a record store, you know, 
And, and you know, and, and, like, that's one of my favorite things to do. If I go anywhere, it's like I want to go to a store, you know, that has metal stuff, you know. And, I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it, and not only that, it's just like the album experience. You yeah. know, my absolute favorite albums are ones that you listen to from start to finish and take the whole thing in, not, oh, I like, you know, the third song, you know, or whatever, you know. <laughs> I want yeah, the whole right. thing, you know. I when mean, I listen to the first Iron Maiden record, I put it on at the beginning and let's do it all the way to the end, you know? Uh, that, that's I mean, the way we did it. There was no, like, today, I'll buy that one MP3 for 99 cents and the hell with the other 12 <laughs> songs the band wrote. We played it all the way through. Maybe because we were too lazy to get up and take the needle and move it to find a big groove in between the songs, but we just let it play yeah. through, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it, it, it's an experience, man. You know, you're going on the on the journey, you know, and, and that's that's what, you know, that's what we want to keep. I hope with Widow is that, you know, people sort of like the whole thing, you know, not just, oh, I like that one song where they're talking about that girl or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true. It is. It is an experience. And, you know, like the band, 12 years of guys are together. You've had your ups yep. and downs with band members. You've gone from five, four-piece to five-piece. The Now you're down to a tight three-piece outfit. Do you prefer it this way? Man, yes. Honestly, to me, it's the best we've ever sounded. Because, you know, when we started recording, I mean, it was like we would do so much on the album, and you end up with like 900 guitar parts in a song, and then we get up there and can't do it. We've sort of broken down the band into something we can do, you know, and I mean, it's not like we actually planned to be a three-piece. I mean, our bass player left. And Johnny had played guitar, and he was just—he wrote a lot of the bass lines, and it was just a real natural thing. He, he said to me one day, he's like, "Dude, I'll play bass." And I mean, I kind of didn't know how I felt about that. I mean, it was just kind of weird to me being the only guitarist. You don't have anybody on stage, you know, to sort of like if you make a mistake, they're kind of can—you can slide your way out of it or whatever. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like walking on stage with no clothes on. I mean, it's like you're kind of just like, oh, man, it's just me here, you know? But ultimately, I think it made us sound a lot better, and it sort of, like, cut the excess out, and it was also kind of a way for us to progress into another, you know, uh, direction, I guess, of Widow. And so, man, you know, I look forward to the future of, of keeping it like this, you know? And, man, me and Johnny and Peter are just, we played more gigs, probably just the three of us. I mean, then you know we have maybe possibly ever. I mean, we've done a lot of touring, you know, in the past couple of years, and we've got more coming up. So a lot more than we've ever done. So you know, I that's mean, a good I, thing. I'm happy with it. Oh, that's a good. Plus, it's one less person you got to share the money with. That's a three piece. So <laughs> exactly. I tell you, if, if you could figure out a way of hooking up a bass drum to your leg and a bass to your other arm, you could kick John and Peter out, be a one man band, and keep all the money. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> I need to work on that. Maybe I could just have like a computer play everything else. In the background, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about playing live. You guys have played all over this country. You've been to Europe. I know you played a Rock, Oklahoma. You've done other. You've done uh, the Warriors of Metal Festival here in America. Yeah. How do the festivals compare? Because I know like the scene is so. Big in Europe still. They they keep it alive over there. They show up to oh, the shows. How how does like the the festivals compare like from here to there? Because we keep talking about why we don't have more festivals here in America where a band can play in front of you know, a big audience at one shot instead of going from club to club. And you played on both ends of the spectrum. What's the difference to you? Well, 
I guess the thing with Europe is the people, I guess metal has always sort of remained as a music in the forefront, you know, of just all music there. So it was just like you've always had kids who are always just new generations of, you know, people loving traditional metal and stuff. And maybe, you know, that happened hasn't happened as much in the States. But, man, as far as the heart of the people putting on these festivals, it's the same, you know. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of metal fans here, too. And I, and I also just feel that this is just something that's sort of growing again here in America. And, you know, I, I certainly like to hope that, that eventually we'll, you know, get to the same place that Europe is at you know, with that, but, man, I mean, God, what can I say, man? I mean, you know, it's amazing over there, man. I mean, like, just to see so many people who live their lives for metal and they're all about it, and even, like, super young kids, man, you know, it just, it was pretty surreal for me because, you know, going over, like, I'd never been to Germany or anything before, you know, so I had no idea, and to go there and see people, actually, you know, know stuff about us and be singing our songs and stuff, man, that was crazy. That was really, really awesome. But but with that being said, I've got a lot of faith in the U.S., man, because we play gigs here, and you, you see that passion in people, and there's just a lot more younger kids now here that are supporting it. And, you know, and I, man, I'm, I couldn't be happier, you know. I mean, I'm, so like I said, I, I hope that, that things sort of keep, going like they are here and, and, you know, growing in that direction. So. Yeah, that's what we need. I know you guys just had a show this past week and it just went by. And I, I remember in the 80s, North Carolina had a lot of great bands that came out. It was Crozier of Informity came out, Confessor, yeah. this band Iron Britain. There were a lot of cool bands. It was the scene pretty good when you guys were starting out enough to get, like, you know, out there and play? Well, you know, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there, was, there was some bands but not not really many as far as just like heavy metal bands but now it's starting to man there's getting to be a bunch there and you know the good thing too with North Carolina is there's there's a lot of fans of metal I mean you know people we get good crowds at our shows I mean who just go crazy and you know it, it is coming around more and more I mean you know just generally in the states I I know, yeah, yeah. Coc is back together. I mean, they're, they're. I think they just put out an album and they're yeah. starting to tour and everything, and and they're they're really great. And I mean, man, there's a lot of bands from from North Carolina that I absolutely love. Like, well, Twisted Tower Dyer, I really consider them a North Carolina band now. They've sort of moved down here from Virginia. Yeah. And uh, you know, they're really great. And uh, yeah, so you know, there's just. There's good stuff going on there, and, you know, the key thing is there's just people who support metal, you know, because fans need that support, and it's nice to see, you know, that people actually come out to shows and, and care, and I think that's the biggest difference. I guess from when we started, it was just it was just a lot smaller, you know, and it's really it's really grown a lot, and uh, it's, it's crazy to me, man, to see, you know, there are bands now that are, you know, sounding like, uh, you know, kind of like priest or something and they're just really they're like teenagers you know around True. north carolina so yeah that's very cool <laughs> i mean that gives you hope you know uh, exactly because that's what we need in the future we need more kids 
getting together doing this, and hopefully, like you said, everything will come together again one day, and, and things will happen. But like as a band today, in this in this era of uh, you know music, the record companies don't have the power that they used to have because of the download no. and everything else. How does a band like forge ahead to make a name for themselves? You have the internet and the social media sites, but which is a great, quick, and easy way to get out there. But there's also such a gluttony of bands on there. You gotta yeah. kind of make yourself, you know, stand out in the crowd. How do you do that today? You know, that's a really hard thing to do. And you know, you know, it's just hard to even say. I, people have asked me before, like, you know, how did you do this or how did you do that? And it's almost like I don't even know what to tell them. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think there's a lot of luck involved to tell you the truth, you know. And but. You've just got to have something that sets yourself apart, which is getting harder because now basically anybody can record an album or, or whatever, and the playing field is pretty much level, you know. I mean, as far as, like, you know, if someone says, oh, uh, they're going to sign with a major label, it's like, you know, you kind of scratch your head. It's like, what does that even mean in 2012, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> everybody's going to promote a lot with the Internet or whatever, and, you know, uh, but, I mean, to me, you know, I, I guess what we've always tried to do with Widow is have our own personality. You know, if, if all I listen to is Iron Maiden, I'm going to sound like Iron Maiden, you know. Sure. And I, you know, I love Maiden, but it's like I think the thing a lot of bands do is, especially with the so-called retro movement, you know, that's been happening in the last couple of years, it's like people sort of go, hmm. Well, man, I really loved you as Priest, and, uh, you know, so I want to sound just like Priest. But, you know, we've already got a Priest, and, I mean, that's cool and all for a few minutes, but eventually, you know, it's kind of like it clutters things up, I guess. And and to me, I think the best thing to do is sort of, you know, figure out what makes you sound like yourself. You know, I mean, if we – I like, you know, Leonard Skinner, and I like Morbid Angel, and, I, you know, a lot of different things – that maybe influenced me in a way where I don't even necessarily know what maybe they played on a certain part, but it's, I might just take, like, the vibe from it. I mean, I'm big influenced by punk rock, you know, and just the songwriting of that. And, and I guess with us, we just kind of try to not sound like one specific thing, you know. Yeah. And and that I guess if that would be my advice to, to anybody would be to just, just come up with your own deal, man, you know, and uh, the bands that do that are the ones who are really going to, you know, can really, I believe they can just, you know, they can rise up, you know. So. I agree with you 100%, Chris. You know what, Chris, I'm going to have to cut you loose in a few minutes. I want to get on some new music from Lifeblood, okay. so I appreciate you calling in today and talking to me. What do you guys got planned for the rest of 2012? Anything cooking? Uh, Man, actually, we have a major tour announcement that is going to be announced tomorrow. So, so we've got we've got a big tour coming up and uh and it's going to be all over North America and uh I will say this, I I you know, I, I don't know, I really hate to say it until tomorrow. But uh I'll tell everybody not to listen till tomorrow. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we uh we're we're it starts July 25th in Baltimore at the place called the sound stage so if you see who's on that bill then you'll already know today but uh, it's going to go all over uh, north america new york uh at bb king's and 
a bunch of other spots. So, man, we are very, very excited. I mean, this is our first time ever going out, you know, around the whole country in Canada, too. So, oh, That's fantastic. You know what, Chris? I'm going to come see you guys at BB Kings. I'll be there for you. Yep, that's that's July 26th, man. So it, ah. definitely, man. And I love New York, man. I mean, as we played there a few times, and it's fabulous, man. So. Uh, I'm gonna, I can't wait to see you guys when you get here on that date. And I'll, I'll I'll keep announcing those tour dates when we get them out there this week, and uh, it's all listed. And thank you for the great music all these years, Chris. Life's Blood came out a few months ago. It's on Pure Steel Records, and people can get the CD and the vinyl, which is a fantastic combination for everybody. So, Chris, I do appreciate it. I'm going to get on Take Hold of the Night because it's my favorite song off the album. Thank you, Mike. And, man, thanks to all the Widow fans for the support, man. It truly means the world to us. Thank you. You got it, Chris. Take care, buddy. Thank you very much. You too. Thanks. I want to thank Chris Bennett from Widow. Great guy, great band. Like you said, keep your eye out for that tour announcement coming up tomorrow. They're going to be all over the country and Canada. I don't think we really consider Canada a country, should we, T? <laughs> You're a French. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Come on. We can go hey, in they, and take over the whole country with a water gun. They got heavy metal fans. They're a good That's country. That's right. They do. Home. We love Canadians. We love Canadians. All right, right, let's get on some widow for you. Take hold of the night. Yeah. 
All right, going back to the strong arm of the law records of Saxon with the six-form girls. T, what the hell is a six-form girl? Uh, it has to do with, like, a size. Okay. Yeah, like, um, yeah, I remember looking it up when I was a kid. Okay. When there was guess, no internet, you know? <laughs> I know. It took, you had to go to the library back then. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think me and you were about a 24-size girl. Oh, forget it. <laughs> I don't think they got, I think my mind might be triple digit. <laughs> oh, my God. I tell you, I went back to Weight Watchers two weeks ago, man, because I was just oh. packing on too many pounds. I had to yeah. I had to take action, man. It was getting too big over here. Too big for my britches and my, my uh, DJ chair over here. Yeah, well, good for you, man. That's yeah, you got to do something. Stuff. You know what? That's life. But some good stuff there. Like I said, right before that, we had Widow. Uh, Chris was a really good guy, and I wish the best for that band. But right now, you know, it is time to welcome the Supreme Leader of the Metal Republic from PiercingMetal.com, Mr. Ken Pierce. Hey. What is up, gentlemen? Yes, Mike, definitely get yourself uh, get yourself back in the running because there's a lot to do out there in the metal Ooh. scene, and we don't want to... You hear me, right? I'm on, right? Yes, that's sure right. I, never, I can never tell. I can never tell. We don't want to fit you for a leather moo-moo, you know? It's just... I hear that. Not really good. So, hey, what's going on, guys? Wow, it's it's the day after St. Patrick's Day, right? I didn't miss any other days. No, you didn't. Maybe no, uh, you didn't. had oh, a good time yeah. yesterday and you forgot today. Well, you know, I, I am half Irish, so I did have to go out and celebrate with all of the non-Irish that were running around the city. Uh, <laughs> I don't, it's it's crazy. I, I really didn't want to go into the city yesterday at all, but there yeah. was a couple of great shows uh, going on, and I was wondering, I said, why am I free? Tonight, why don't I have anything left? I I basically kept the day free to not go into the city, and that's why I forgot that it was actually St. Patrick's Day on a Saturday. Yeah. There's tons of people running around with shirts on. It's it's all green, and it says, "I'm not Irish. I'm just getting drunk." So I <laughs> really was was really interesting to see because you know as I'm making my way around, before I had to go, like I said, I had to go to a show, so I'm really not drinking anything. So I'm really maneuvering around all these patches of people that were just so partied out. I felt like I was on The Walking Dead. <laughs> just yeah. like, they're over here. No, they're over here. They're over here. They're every, every turn, it was like, wow. <laughs> it's, it's a crowded city on St. Paddy's Day. Holy mackerel. It was a great one, though. So, uh, And, you know, the reason I had gone into the city, because I don't know if you've really followed too much of him, but Hank 3 played last night at Gramercy Theater. He did a free show. And I had talked about this last week. I said there was a there was a free show by Hank Three. Hank Three is the grandson of Hank Williams, the legendary country artist. And what Hank Three does is he does outlaw country, stoner, doom, and then mm. death metal. Wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting stuff. And uh, and you know, and uh, it was packed. It was absolutely packed. And. I, I walked up to the show, and I says, uh, where's the – they said, just go in. I'm like, okay. <laughs> there you go. So it was a good time. It was a good time. So, But we got uh, – I know you got a busy docket tonight, so let me just get right down to the point. Uh, tonight, going on over at the Starland Ballroom, I don't always get to talk about the Starland shows because a lot of them conflict with the New York shows that we're, we're focused on over here at the Piercing Metal Command Center. But tonight is a great one. you got Guar over at the Starland Ballroom, and they are playing with the mighty Municipal Waste, Ghoul, Torment, and Honor Amongst Evil. Now, 
It is Sunday, and the show is probably already underway because Starland starts you off uh, about 7 o'clock, but they usually have two or three uh, local openers on, so you can uh, you can finish off with the program listening to us on your, I guess on the smartphone, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then shoot out to the Starland Ballroom if you feel like hitting New Jersey. Uh, the band Exist Trace will be over at the Hero Ballroom, and they are from Japan, um, and they are a really interesting-looking band at the Hero Ballroom. Um, the one and only, multi-talented and fantasmical Mr. Alex Skolnick is playing at the Iridium Jazz Club this evening. Oh, nice. And uh, Alex will be doing two sets of material with his uh, Alex Skolnick trio, so if you cannot make the 8 p.m. performance... In about 50 minutes, you want to uh, get down there, get online, and get a ticket for the 10 p.m. performance. And uh, Alex Skolnick Trio is really something extraordinary to watch. Uh, he's just uh, just a monster guitar player. Our friends in the band Naked are back in New York City, and half of them are performing at Otto Shrunken Head at 11 o'clock tonight. Uh, that will be Mr. Muff and his guitar partner in crime, Zach, are doing a stripped-down version of their music over at Otto Shrunken Head. Tomorrow night is another interesting evening over at Iridium Jazz Club. Andy Timmons and his band. You remember Andy Timmons from Danger Danger? Yes, I do. Okay, well, he is doing, and T, you might like this too, he's doing his all-Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band presentation with mm. the Les Paul Trio. Sounds good. We put T to sleep with that one. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> oh, he's awake. There he go. Someone's woken the baby. Uh, over on Tuesday, we have another residency appearance by the Allman Brothers at the Beacon Theater, and they are doing a, another show on Wednesday. Uh, same place, Beacon Theater. All of these events seem to be sold out for the Allman Brothers. So if you snoozed, you lost. On Wednesday, also, you have the Metal Alliance Tour, which is Devil Driver over at uh, at the Gramercy Theater, and they are bringing along the Faceless, Dying Fetus, Job for a Cowboy, Three Inches of Blood, and Impending Doom. That's all on one si silly, psychotic stage. It's going to be a crazy, crazy night in uh, in the Gramercy, and I suggest you wear... Uh, comfortable shoes if you're going to be at that one because you're going to be running for your life from that kind of death metal that's coming out of that uh, all of those bands. That's going to be a nutty night. Don't have anything listed for Thursday this week uh, that I've heard about, but rolling into Friday as the weekend begins, you have a pale horse named Death, which is the uh, which is a band of um, Sal from Typo Negative. The original drummer for Typo Negative has got. Uh, this new band, and uh, it's really interesting. It, it picks up a lot of, uh, of that same vibe, and uh, he's got Johnny Kelly on drums from Typo Negative now, and uh, Sal is singing and playing the guitar in this band. So it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting presentation, and uh, it, uh, it does have a little bit of that Typo Negative taste to it. So a lot of people who are fans of uh, Pete and the band will, uh, will definitely be into this. Uh, Saturday is one another another appearance by Allman Brothers over at the Beacon Theater. And also, back at the Starland, we have the Dirty Rotten Imbeciles and the Cro-Mags over oh, nice. at the Starland. Yeah, and that's, you know, it, it's 
it's great. You know, we always talk about the the great metal bands that keep sticking around, and it's what we always forget to mention is that a lot of these NYHC bands have never stopped. You know, the hardcore scene. They've never stopped. They've just kind of fallen off the radar. So uh, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles and the Cro-Mags will stomp on New Jersey with a steel-toed boot. Ah. And they will be doing it with Social Decay, Nevative Sky, Zombie Mafia, Burial Park, and Bad Vibes. Wow. That is a lot, of, that's a lot of That's a lot of bands, and it's probably only like 20 bucks. Yep. So that's all I got for you this week, and I think it's enough. That is plenty. Ken, let me ask you I got you on the line. Uh-oh. Who do you think we want to scratch, uh, a, a cat scratch fight? Mina Caputo or Marcy Free? Um, I'd go with the. Uh, you said Nina Caputo. Is, well, there, is there another it, one? It was Keith Caputo, but now he's Mina. So I'm trying to remember him by his, by his, you know, his new name, her new name. T, just just press delete on all of those LGBT calls that are coming into the monitor desk now. Hey, uh, look, I, I'm a big fan of the gays. I'm a gay. <laughs> I am too. I think you should. Uh, I say that Mina Caputo will probably win in the throwdown. I think so too. I'd have to agree. You know what's funny is that Keith Caputo, who's now Mina Caputo, had a went transgender. You know, I'm all for this stuff. Doesn't make you happy, you do. I we goof around, we have fun here. But uh, you know, I'm not homophobic. But uh, I, I forgot to hit the cowbell there. But never mind. No, I'm just saying he actually has a girlfriend. He had a sex change to become a woman, but he has a girlfriend. So now he's a lesbian. To each their own, brother. Yeah, that's... I, guess I tell fun. you, I never thought about doing that. It's a pretty good way to hook up with girls, become a girl. Are you going to do it, too? It's going to be Michelle? No, I'm going to have to marry men. I got nothing down there anyway. I'm like a woman, so it doesn't really make a difference to me. <laughs> I'm so small, you think I'd have a clit. You won't even know the difference. <laughs> oh, I, this is going downhill there's the bump bump. I was running for that before. <laughs> we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to definitely get a recorded snare drum for you uh, for this. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get a sound effect for that. You need one. You definitely need one. You are as incorrigible as always. Ah, uh, sounds good to me. I like that. All right, guys. Well, let me let you get back to the business at hand. And as always, remember to please like Piercing Metal Lover on Facebook and follow our Twitter so I can keep you up to loop with the scoop and the beat and the street that's metal and sweet. Wow. You, you, like told that, me to huh? memorize. you told me to memorize that last It's like Alan Freed. I love it. Alan Freed. Awesome. Better yeah. than the Kingfisher, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, you could be the Kingfish because... Oh, no. I don't think so. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that guy goes. You guys are right, out of trouble this week. Thank now. you very much. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right. Mr. Ken Pierce of PierceMail.com bringing us our weekly concert count update and all the news of heavy metal in the tri-state area. We thank Ken once again. I, I love putting Ken on the spot with those corny things because uh, I think we embarrass him, though. <laughs> yeah. Kenny's too professional for us. That's what it is. We're yeah. like so lowbrow to his highbrow routine. Well, let's say he brings a little class to the show. <laughs> That's why we have him on here. The guys have something to class up this act. <laughs> He's the CL and we're the ASS in class. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We got another class act coming up in like 15 minutes. Mr. Bruce Moore. An author has wrote a couple of books about heavy metal. Lately, right. a cookbook for those about to cook. And right. uh, we'll be talking to Bruce in a few minutes. Yeah. And we got a lot of music to do. Let me see here. We just did sax. And anyway, we got to do our demolition segment. Get that out of the way. Okay. I got another takedown notice week for Baco Prayer. It's not just me. Anybody who has this link probably had it too. But it's just happening like week after week now. And sooner or later, they're going to shut down my account. So wow. 
I gotta figure out another way of getting these demos and bootlegs out to people. You know, we offer one each week with our demolition segment, and then on Thursday's show, we offer like a live bootleg. And most of them I get from other people, especially the guy in the chat room, Strad, who's a great, probably the king of all uh, tape traders. Uh, Strad was also in Impaler and Daddy Raw, in case anybody wants to know that. They didn't know ah. before. So, uh, but I get a lot of uh, great links from because I just started transferring my stuff now to put more. But I'm getting a lot of, you know, it's a lot of bullshit. These takedowns. I'm not giving out albums. These are random obscure stuff that, you know, we're putting up there and offering. So yeah. maybe I'll put a link to my email under each one and tell people email me and I'll send them the link. That way we can keep it more private. But I don't know. I started doing these segments as the way of bringing people into the show. You know, I figured they hear obscure demos and get a copy and, yeah. you know, with the bootlegs. But we're not getting any more listeners, so maybe we'll just pack up that segment and <laughs> stop doing it each week. Who knows? I don't know. Well, All right. You can do like you said, make it like a email thing. You know? Yeah, I'll just put like my email address on each link. Say email on if Facebook you want it. and uh, request yeah. it. You know. It's not like I'm getting thousands of freaking emails a day for these things anyway, because most of these things you can find anywhere. We just offer it as part of the segment and have the link there wherever I find it from, so people can get a copy, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, the hell with that. I was going to do some new Steel Assassin. Maybe we'll save that for later because I didn't realize the song was like eight minutes long. Oh. So uh, maybe we can do it. Who knows? What do you got? Uh, 7.30? Cool. Yeah, we got time, right? Yeah. Oh, no, I got to do I gotta do the demolition segment. I forgot about that. I jumped over it. Oh, we just started talking. <laughs> I forgot, yeah. All right, this is a thing called Genocide out of Japan. Uh, this is uh, the Fire Doll demo. It's up on the block spot right now. Head over there. Download yourself a copy of it. It's a song called Rock and Roll Believer.
if Dark Angel with Hell's on its knees. I think Bruce just tried calling in. I disconnected him. I had to go put him in the private room. And I think I disconnected him. So, Bruce, if that was you and you're listening, I apologize. It was area code 804. Uh, call back in. I'll send you an email. This switchboard confuses the hell out of me some days, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. There was a button there that says, uh, put guests into, uh, put guests into, like, the private room. So every time I go to click it, it's right next to the X, and I and I cross out the number all the time. Oh. I just can't figure out how to get because you know I don't want to connect them when the song is on because you know you know a lot of people hang up they don't realize right. that they're on air. So who the hell knows? So Bruce, if you're out there, call back in. But I apologize over there. But that was like I said, that was some dark angel we had on, and uh, we'll wait for Bruce a few more minutes to see if he calls back. If not, I'll see if I can dig up his number. I think I have it on the email, and we'll give him a call. Uh, let me see what's this, that much is happening. I saw that Kiss was going to go on a tour with Motley Crue. Did you read that? Yeah. What is that, like uh, about a $150 ticket, you think? Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be real expensive. Instead of Kiss going out and Motley Crue going out and taking out some, you know, dance with them that could really use some, you know, yeah, exposure right. or support, right. they'll go out together. And uh, I wonder who's going to headline that because, I mean, Kiss is, you know, the granddaddy of the two, but yeah. Motley Crue is just as big. It's a co-headlining, so... How do you co-headline? You both get credit yeah, for it, even though one opens up. That's the biggest show, so. Yeah, I don't know. Hang on, I think I got Bruce back on the line. Let me uh, connect him. Hey, Bruce, is that you? Hey, it is. How are you? Good, man. I'm sorry I hung up on you. I was trying to put you into a private room and I I clicked the wrong button. Hey, no sweat. Good to have you, man. Good to be here. Uh, How right. are you, man? I'm doing great, man. Bruce, it's good to have you on here. And like I was saying earlier, with 250 guests of interview, you're the first one who's not in a band. So uh, it's great to have you on here today. So sort of a unique kind of thing. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, sure is. You know, and you know what? Considering that I, I went to culinary school when I was, uh, you know, I got out of high school 20, 30 years ago. It's a uh, reading your book was has been a pleasure, and there's a lot of really good recipes in there, and a lot of things that a lot of people might not know about and wouldn't kind of associate with being involved with cooking. That came up with some pretty good recipes, I have to say. Yeah, you know, that was the uh, that was the whole idea behind the thing. And actually, and the surprising part is, you're right. There are so many. Uh, you know, bands you wouldn't expect to come up with some, not just generic hamburger stuff, but some really in-depth sort of, uh, you know, dinner creations or whatever. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we did a little test kitchen you know, thing on your book when I got it, my wife and I. And uh, the first one we made was Sabaton's recipe, the goat cheese lasagna, a la ratatouille. And uh, I was like, wow, this is a pretty, you know, pretty good recipe for these guys. Uh, yeah. They, are they their own recipes, or do you think they were just giving you stuff that they got out of a cookbook? Um, I'm... I'm going on what they told me. I, when I put this whole thing together, that was the original premise. They had to be original recipes. I got you know, that. obviously, I have no way of knowing if you know if they you know, pilfered them from somewhere along the way. But uh, going on everybody's word, they said they're all original stuff. So, but yeah, that one's kind of that was one of the more intriguing ones for sure. Yeah, that it tasted pretty good. I have to tell you, we enjoyed that one. And uh, we, after I saw one of your posts about the the artichoke, we went, we went to that was Pablo Torre from Prince and Glory. We went yeah. off on the artichoke one too. At least he's you know. Sicilian, so it worked out pretty good for yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think the picture did it justice, but that's a pretty good recipe too. It really was. So, how did the whole thing come about? What got you interested in, uh, you know, going the cooking route with the, mixing the metal and the, and the cooking together? Uh, you know, for a, a long time, I've been uh, I've been in the music business for a long time, and for a while, I've uh, I've been doing uh, lots of interviews and for magazines around the country, and I do interviews with lots of celebrities along the way. And one day, I was doing an interview with Zach Wilde. And, uh, I don't know, somehow we got on the conversation. He had to go because he had to go cook meatballs for his son or something like that. And I just kind of put that in the back of my head, and I went about my day. And then sometime later on in the evening, I said, I wonder if there's something here. You know, I talk to these guys on a regular basis, so it's nothing to ask 
just another question. Hey, you know, do you cook? And if you do, you know, how would you like to be involved in it? And it just sort of started going from there. And before I know it, you know, it just took off. And I yeah. found that definitely there are, you know, there's definitely a big connection between musicians and and food. And, you know, a lot of it stems from you know, some of your first jobs as a musician or even some of your jobs later in life as a musician. You're in the kitchen somewhere along the way or, you know, somewhere where it's flexible where you can still play and, and do that thing. That's true. You know, it's a way of life for most people. Everybody eats. Yeah. I thought I thought it was a really you know, cool idea. And you dug up some obscure bands, at least for like the normal listener. And uh, I think you put a really good book together here. Is you think in the future there might be a follow up? Actually, it's already I've already submitted. It's already in the editing process. The, the, for the first one here, for those about to cook, I tried to do um, span different genres and have all kinds of. So we've got some opera singers and we've got some. You know, some real metal stuff like the Sabaton and the Guns N' Roses and everything in between, Deadly Echo. So I wanted to go different genres and kind of make it more, I guess, uh, acceptable to the masses. But the new one is actually called, for those about to cook, Pure Metal. And as the name states, it's definitely just pure metal. And there's more than, I think, about 100 bands in this one. Wow. Is it hard? I mean, you've written before. Like I said, you're also, I know you're on Pure Grain Audio. You do a lot of interviews. I just checked out your one with Tony Dolan from Empire of Evil, and it yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, we had Tony on, too. He was a great guy, and that was a really good interview. Well, thank you. Yeah, he's a very nice guy, right? Definitely. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. Uh, I can't wait for these guys to get here and go on tour. But uh, I'm sorry, I, I lost track there. But getting back to the to the writing and everything, you start out with Metal Missionaries, writing about the Christian yeah. metal scene. And yeah. uh, I, that's, that was kind of an intense uh, reading over there for that because, you know, you hear about the, like, like how fanatical these people are, and it kind of shows like in their beliefs and in their music. What did you get out of that book? I was actually, you know, I mean, for a long time, I've, I've always listened to Striper, and I kind of grew up in that sort of environment. But, you know, as I as I progressed in the business, I found a lot of these bands, you know, like For Today or Bloodline Severed, or, or those bands, they're really, I mean, they're competitive and and just on, I think, on equal parts, and, you know, 99% of everything else out there, they just have different beliefs and um they stick to them. I mean, they're really hardcore about it, and they, you know, they don't really sway from it. And I kind of, again, doing these interviews, I kind of ran into these people. And I said, you know, I think there's a, a story there, or a little, you know, an idea there, and it kind of, again, just took off. And um, I, I think it's, it's an interesting um, genre for sure. I, I have to agree. It was, it was some fascinating reading in there. I'm halfway through, and I, you went through all the bits and pieces. You know, so we could talk about it today. But going from that to cooking is like such an extreme. I just I play. You know, I mean, I I do the the other stuff. The freelance writing is what I do really for a living. And then um, this stuff I just play on the side. I've actually got a started working on a a cooking show called uh, Brutally Delicious. Wow, nice. So it's really, it's yeah, taking the uh, these two cookbooks to the next step. So I've got a contract with a uh, an internet food network, a new upstart called the Crazy Good Food Network. Yeah, and they bought they bought six of them. So we've got I've been filming for the last couple of weeks. So we've got metal bands coming into the kitchen down here in Virginia, and cooking. And you know we do a little bit of an interview, kind of like we're doing here, and then you know cook me a recipe, and we all just hang out in the kitchen, sort of like a good a Rachel Ray meets the Headbangers Ball meets Good Morning America. <laughs> That's got to be the first of its kind, the first heavy metal cooking show. I don't know. I guess you know I play around, and who knows? It, it seems to be fun. Everybody gets exposure out of the deal. You know the bands come in, they get some exposure. It, it kind of works out. It's fun. It's lighthearted, you know. There's no nothing serious about it, but we talk yeah. about the new projects, and then so we filmed. Uh, I've already filmed with Wild Heaven Wept. Um, we did Absolute Vengeance last week. I got Melakesh this week. Uh, Guara a couple weeks from now. 
That sounds like an interesting show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's going to be. They say they're coming down in costumes, so I, oh, I don't know how yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I think probably need to coat the kitchen in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> that should be fun. So uh, on the cooking show that you got coming out, uh, are you going to actually cook, you know, go through the recipes, like start to finish through the show? And yeah, come out with like I said, plate? we filmed two of them already. And, um, yeah, we start start to finish. We film about two and a half, three hours worth of stuff, and then it's my job, I guess, to edit it down and make it. It really has to be 22 minutes because then they're going to insert commercials. Yeah, So yeah. I have to kind of make the story out of 22 minutes. But, yeah, we're starting from, you know, start – Prepping it all and and going from there, uh, all the way to the end. You got your hands on a lot of things. What do you think is the hardest out of all the things? Is it is it the book world, the music world, the cooking world? Which one is the more cutthroat business? Um, I'd probably see the book world. It took forever to find anybody who even. And I know it's an obscure idea, and it's kind of hard to wrap your 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 mind around. But I thought it was a, an interesting idea, and I thought it was sort of unique. And I mean, it took forever. I had the idea for almost two years before I finally got a hold of Softkit Publishing, and they, you know, they decided to take a gamble on it, and take it on, because everybody else was like, "No, nah, this will never work. It's too weird and it's too, you know, unique and specific." But as it turns out, you know, most people like music, and it works on so many different levels. It works on a cookbook, like you said, you used it, you and your wife, you can yeah. functionally cook out of it. But it also can serve as, like, you know, like a little novelty or behind-the-scenes sort of thing, and. You know, this is what my favorite artists is making, like Guns N' Roses, blueberry chocolate chip muffins, and kind of cool little dichotomy things that I thought were really cool, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Bruce. I, I agree with you. And do you see, like, the, the book business and the publishing business going the route of the music world where, you know, you'll get less and less hard copies of books and more, you know, digitals than everything else? And eventually I, that I would think be? you're probably right, but I hate to say, you know, I'm still old school. I still want the – I want to open up the book and – you know, sit on the front porch or sit in bed or wherever I am and have the actual physical media. I'm still an old CD guy, too. I, I want to have the CD and read the liner notes. And But I think you're right. I think it is going to the uh, all digital eventually. Uh, yeah, I know. And I'm the same way. I like having the book in my hand. I don't like pulling out my laptop to get a recipe. I want to open up my book and, you know, take my time reading through it. I, I agree. Right. We're, we're losing a lot of the things that, you know, had value to us, I think. You know, I mean, uh, my son's age, they're, you know, he's 16. They just download music. I mean, I remember the days when you went to the record store and you bought the record or yeah. the CD or whatever, and then you, I'd spend hours reading the liner notes, you know, wanting to know who was involved in it and who they thanked and where it was recorded and, you know, learning all the lyrics. Now it's, there's no such thing as that. You just click, download, and, you know, you got it on your iPod, but you don't even know really what you even have except the title. That's true. Yeah, you you miss that whole experience. It's like it's yeah. like with your book, looking at the pictures, you know, reading. The, I love the pictures that you took in the book of the different artists, you know, in the kitchen. I mean, it's stuff like that that when you open up that book and see it, it makes the whole experience, you know. And I, I think a lot of kids today should really take advantage of what we have, especially like with the books while they're out there by buying them. Yeah, before they go away, you're right, because pretty soon they're gonna be nothing. Well, we just lost the Encyclopedia Britannica. I mean, no more print editions of that. Two hundred yeah. and something years gone. I mean, there's definitely something to be said for, you know, having the electronic version. It's definitely convenient and and easy because you can store, you know, a couple hundred books on your little Kindle or whatever. But I definitely prefer having the the physical media, no matter how cumbersome it is. I like having it in my hands. True. I agree with you on that. And when you get back to the, for those about to cook the, the first book, the second one, the metal one's going to be coming out soon. Did anybody surprise you of the people that you reached out to, like, about their knowledge of food and cooking? Was there anyone that stood out in your mind saying, well, I would have never expected this from that person? I think you probably hit it on the head. Probably Sabaton was the most uh, shocking. Uh, you, we're talking about the first book, right? The first book, yes. I think probably Sabaton was the most shocking because uh, I would never have expected that intricate of a, a recipe from 
you know, from their a band that plays that kind of music. Yeah, Ratatouille. Sense? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the whole thing with the goat cheese and the and the whole thing, even the uh, the dark tranquility is kind of an interesting one, the salmon one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, a lot of things got like that. I mean, you have some basic stuff in there by guys like the Rice Krispie Treats and hamburgers yeah. and, and nachos. But I mean, hey, when I saw this one from the Sabaton, also because they're coming around, they're getting ready to tour. You know, in, uh, in yeah, America. Yeah, I'm getting ready to go see them here in uh, I think in April. Yeah, they're coming to New York, so I'm looking forward to that. So I was like, you know, let me go try this. And I was like, wow, ratatouille, that's kind of you know out there for you wouldn't expect ratatouille on, on goat cheese lasagna on top of that. Right. So I was like, hey, this is pretty good. And with the new book coming out. Can you name a few people that are going to be in the new book, or do you want to keep it on the yeah, wrap? No, absolutely. And that's it's kind of cool because I think the the original one was sort of like a stepping stone because then I was able to say, hey, here's what I'm looking for. And I kind of was able to tweak what I wanted. So the new one I went out, I wanted bigger bands, but I also wanted um, more um, different recipes, more unique recipes, and not just the hamburgers and the chilies. Because the first one's got a couple chilies and a couple burgers, which is great, but I wanted something different. So this time we went out, and I've got Exodus involved. Oh, wow, nice. The Exodus, Poison, Twisted Sister, Warrant. I mean, some of the bigger ones. And then lots of, uh, like this band, Bilocate. They're from Mon Jordan. Uh, they're a death metal band. Um, all these, a couple Hungarian bands, and lots of European. So we get these really cool, um, unique uh, to their you know country. I'm losing my track of my words here, but stuff that's unique to their country. More than you know, just another hamburger or a chili recipe. Yes, that would be very epic, the cookbook, in uh, different regions and different recipes. That sounds... Epic, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. For some reason, I'm sitting on the front porch and I couldn't figure out what the word I was looking for was. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I, more, I, I, definitely more ethnic and more unique. And, you know, maybe some of the ingredients might be a little harder to find, but I think it's going to prove to be a much a much better uh, variety. I Well, that's one of the things I like about the, the, the first cookbook is that most of the stuff that's in there, most people have in the kitchen... It's, it's stuff that's easy to get a hold of, easy to use. So you know what? People yeah. would be more willing to, to try to do these recipes because, you know, stuff is on here where they don't have to run out and get a lot of things that, you know, right. are obscure or hard to find. So I thought that was a great thing that you that you did with including those recipes in there. It's mostly, you know, household stuff anybody can get a hold of. Yes. Yeah, there's hardly anything that's really difficult to find. You're right. Excellent stuff. So what else you got going on, Bruce? I know. You, I mean, you're a busy guy between the writing, or you work on Pure Grain Audio, and uh, what do you? What's your next yeah, thing you're working on? Yeah, Really, this uh, this brutally delicious thing's got me uh, got me tied up now because you know all this is done pretty much on my own. So I'm doing you know all the editing myself. I've actually got a couple of the film school guys here in Richmond. They're filming it, and I do all the editing. So that's been taking pretty much all my time. But I think it's, it's going to turn out nice. It's going to really be sort of like a cooking show, music video sort of thing, all mixed in together. That sounds fantastic, Bruce. I, we're almost out of time here, so I have to cut you loose. But where no, 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 that's good. I appreciate it. Where do people go to find you know the first edition of For Those About to Cook and the new uh, one? It's at allbarnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, uh, Softkit Publishing, or you can even look it up online or look me up on Facebook or the book on Facebook, and I can send them to you. They've got them at the, uh, the publishing house, and like I said, all those online sites have them as well. That's fantastic, Bruce. I'll put the links up for everybody to get a hold of. And you know Excellent. what? Everybody should also check you out on Pure Grain Audio because you got a lot of great interviews up on there. I'll, uh, reviews well, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. Anytime, Bruce. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. You got it. Take yeah. care. All right, everybody. Mr. Bruce Moore, get his book for those about to cook. Some really good recipes. And like I said, my wife and I made the, the goat cheese lasagna a la ratatouille. Not long ago, and it was a really good recipe. And there's, like I said, a lot of simple, easy-to-use stuff in there. And now you can watch them on TV, too. I can't wait to see the one with Gwarty. That should be funny. 
what is a ratatouille? I always heard that. I never know. Ratatouille is like vegetables. Uh, like chopped vegetables with a sauce. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, uh, I didn't put it on top of the lasagna. I had, we had it on the side. Uh, but it, it's a very good recipe. And, uh, you know, when there's a lot of good stuff in there by bands, you know, that you wouldn't think like would be that involved with cooking or come up with recipes that were a little bit more complicated, like you said, just your basic, yeah. you know, chili and stuff. So not bad. Yeah, definitely. That sounds good. All right. Well, we got about 15 minutes. So how about we do a Steel Assassin song right now? Because we got plenty of time. Okie dokes. All right. We had Phil Grasso on the show a couple of years back, the bass player for the band. He was talking about this record three years ago. finally came out. It's called Medal of Honor. It's all about World War II. Uh, it tells a story. You know, it's like a concept album in a way, from song to song. But these guys just hit it on the head, man. It's like a history lesson. Put the metal. So definitely pick up this record. It's on Pure Steel, like our first guest tonight, Chris Bennett from Widow's album. Pure Steel is probably one of the best record labels out there. They're yeah, out of Germany. Cool. And they just have brought back all the great classic bands from the 80s that didn't get the exposure, like Priest and Maiden, or like we like to say in this show, the best of all the rest. So here you go, Steel Assassin, The Iron Saint.
All right, that was Steel Assassin with the Iron Saints. I don't know how long that song was over for today. <laughs> you and I were bullshit. I forgot I'm all about sorry. it. I'm sorry. No, it's, I forgot. I usually keep track of it, but I didn't see the little <laughs> light blinking, so we lost track. But brand new Steel Assassin, Metal of Honor on Pure Steel Records. Check it out. Good album. It's like I said before, it's like a history lesson in heavy metal. It couldn't have been over for too long because I'm looking at the time over here, so uh, oh, cool. who the hell knows? <laughs> what are you going to do? But let me see what we got cooking. This Thursday on the Metal Matinee. Coming Home is the name of the show. It's about dying and going to heaven. So, wow. yeah, we dug up a pretty uh, big, deep theme over there. Because last week's show was just like vinyl records I played for uh, for an hour. So, yeah, I like that. that was yeah, it was kind of lighting the loafers, that show. But we're back with the themes. And then the next weekend, <laughs> what happened? The vinyl countdown. That was good. I liked it. I thought it sounded funny. I had to come up with something to go around it, you know? Yeah, so this Thursday, Coming Home on the Metal Matinee. And we're going to close out March next Sunday night. With our guest Greg Livesay from the band Livesay, and uh, Greg was also a Surgical Steel back in the day, and uh, our good friend Bob Mitchell from Sleepy Hollow. The band's got Skull 13 out, and he's coming on to promote that. It'll be on the day after the release, so closing out the month pretty good. And we got a lot of great guests coming up in April. Uh, I'm still working on Sebastian Bach because he's overseas right now, or he's in LA doing a play. I forgot what they told me, so they're trying to work it out with him so we can get him on live. I'm on a, a video on uh, Blabbermouth that he was played live with uh, Guns N' Roses. He jumped. Yeah, up I saw that. Play. His band opened up for them. So yeah, I don't yeah, know but he, he's doing much. something in LA. I don't remember why, but we're trying to get him live instead of like pre-recording it. Yeah. But whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. But we he got him on. We'll have. You need to yeah. for that guy. Oh, you're not kidding. Yeah, we're just going to have him on that day. And, uh, all over the fucking Definitely. Place. And we got Bobby Rondinelli from Rainbow and oh. Sabbath and pretty much every band that Bobby's played in at one point or another. Uh, who else we got cooking? I interviewed uh, Jeff Scott Soto uh, yesterday. Oh. I was going to get it on this weekend, but he was over in Europe, and we had a really bad connection. And it kept getting cut. We kept losing each other. He's working on a solo album or something? He has a solo album called Damage Control, Good Record. Uh, so I just got a piece of this interview to get it cut out, like all the dead space, and we'll get that on in April. I've had Jeff on before. He's a, I tell you, he is one of the nicest guys to talk to, one of the funniest guys. A Puerto Rican kid from Brooklyn. How can you go wrong with that from Bay Ridge? Right. And also, Jeff was a great guy, and we'll get that on maybe the week after next because uh, we got a full show. We got Brian Holland from uh, Tokyo Blade and Reverence calling in, the first in my plus death mask. We had Steve and uh, Benny on before, and the whole band is going to be calling in. So we got a lot of good things cooking for April, and we're going to have a, a week off for Easter, so we'll have to pack it in after that, you know? Cool, cool. All right, let me see. We're down to the last couple of minutes, T. Let me uh, see what I got here, and uh, tell me what you want to hear. Uh, I got Original Sin. I have uh, the English Dogs. I have Tyson Dogs. <laughs> I got a couple of things. Unless there's something you want to hear, I'll see if I got it in the in the playlist. about some um, Anvil. You got any Anvil? Anvil. You know what? We started off with Cities, which and now we're... Yeah, there you go. Good, uh... Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think I do. I think I do. Uh, what do I have here? No, I, the only song I have is seven minutes long. I've only got four minutes left in the show. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, so now, I got, now we're limited. Now I got to find something quick. Oh, boy. All right, what can I get on here? This you know what? We're going to have no choice but... There you go. To play uh, original singer, that's like four. When minutes. I used to make cassettes years ago, when I had like just two or three minutes, I used to grab Riot's version of of um, Born to Be Wild. It was like <laughs> two, two minutes and forty one seconds, and it fit right in. It was that's great. what you gotta I, get. All my cassettes had two had uh, what do you call it at the end? <laughs> that two minute song. Yeah, either that or a couple of Ramones tunes. <laughs> I hear you. All right, well, you know what? 
we'll get on Adam Bomb. It's four minutes long. I have to start playing it now. So thanks a lot, T. I'll talk to you next week, buddy. All right, my friend. You take care, and take care. everybody have a nice uh, week. You got it, everybody. Thank you. Well, I can't even play that now because we waste too much time. So Original Sin, Enchantress of Death. Take care, everybody. I'll see you Thursday at 1 o'clock.
right, good night, everybody. I want to thank my guests, Bruce Moore and Chris Bennett. Have a great week. I'll see you Thursday at 1 o'clock for the Metal Matinee. Don't forget to tune in next Sunday night at 6 o'clock for my guests, Greg Livesay and Bob Mitchell. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.